Alright, so let me be intelligent and scarf this shit down. You don't have to fucking worry about that. Chris, if this looks dope, keep it. If it doesn't look dope, don't keep it. That's the rules. What's up, Chris? How you doing? What's up, internet, camera? This is an in-person version of an episode of Bridge the Gap. As you can see with me in person, that's right, at the crib. Oh, shit. We have Mr. Basics at just spell basics on all the socials don't worry that should be linked down below and this is a special a special edition of this this whole bridge the gap thing because straight up it's uh being premiered it should be at least on the hip-hop you don't stop platform as part of their festival so big ups hip-hop you don't stop for bringing us through for letting us come and have this moment and a little bit of shine up on their platform so that's truly wonderful with that though we got basics up in here, which means we're going to get the show started proper. Welcome, Mr. Basics. Welcome to Bridge the Gap. That's awesome. Thank you so much for having me with my mouth full of food that everyone's listening and hearing me chew and thinking I'm a complete dickhead. Am I allowed to swear? Oh, yeah, I shouldn't swear. Yeah, fucking swear all you want. I already swore before. Look, hold on. Hold on. Let me... I love you guys. I'm sorry for chewing. This is maybe if... not the most kid-friendly show, but it's fine. We are on that honest stuff, so we are raw unusually live this is not Facts. live this is my first just kind of my first non-live interview in over uh-huh. a year in about a year actually and so like we went to the the twitch and whatnot so this is a big moment you know a special thing where the people aren't seeing there don't worry we're gonna pretend it's live we ain't editing stuff people out. are gonna people are gonna be like wait a minute if this was if this is pre-recorded why the hell did you let this guy chew and eat on camera because look guys the show bro if we you so follow me on like social that. media you know i'm a skinny guy and i'm trying to gain weight not lose weight like his song but like so you know i have to eat continuously because you can see i'm a scrawny little guy so Nobody's right. worried about you. Have eating, empathy bro. for me, thank you. I was going the opposite. I'm like, this is the most uncut, lack of trying to make a polished <laughs> show in history. Welcome to Bridge the Gap, everyone. This is the show where we walk through the lives of interesting people, such as Mr. Basics, a very interesting person. And we try to extract some knowledge nuggets, typically live on the internet. And this time it's a little more intimate, closed off environment. Just me and basics alone in a room. And so with that though, we're gonna get it started right. We're gonna run the show like we normally do. It's gonna be a wonderful experience. I'm gonna be absolutely garbage at remembering where the cam is. This is not normal. With that, uh, can you, Mr. Basics, let us know where you start your life and where your parents are from? I'm trying to reframe this early question because that's the most important part to get us started where i started my life yeah like where you were born um and where my parents are from wow that's a pretty okay yeah i never been asked that before in an interview you know that's because we do things special over here we're gonna talk about whatever you gotta start there it's the (laughs) okay so where i'm where where my life was started i guess is in my parents dna and it came together and i was I was there, you know, bars, because they came together DNA, but they also came together because they were having sex. Bars! Okay, and I'm sorry, I'm kidding. That was gross. Um, Love it. But, yeah, so I was born in Montreal. Um, I was born at the Jewish General Hospital. I came at 4.40 a.m. Perfect. Because I bothered my mom in the middle of the night, because that's what I do. It's important. You know? Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I grew up in Point St. Charles and Little Burgundy. Cool. Let's um, stop there. Grew up is where we got that era part of town. 
and that's amazing. That's an, honestly, we'll get into the rest of it after with the next question. It's just we need okay. to know where the story starts. Okay. And okay. Fair enough. And to answer house. your question, while well, my parents, well, uh, my dad is Italian. Um, he's born here, but his family's from Italy, uh, Napolitan, and my mom is black from somewhere. I don't know where because she's adopted, and unfortunately, we just don't have information in regards to where she's from but i would love to do a dna test at some point to find out because i'm never able to answer this question so in a way i'm never able to fully like you know like i don't have there's a certain disconnect from my knowledge of my own self to some degree and even though it may not necessarily be as important as other aspects of knowing your own self it's still something that i'm not able to have even a discussion or explain to so it's there's but a certain mother adopted too so i'm jewish ish because technically she was the okay the mother of my grandmother was the servant of a rich guy who knocked her up and put a kid up for adoption and my grandmother went through the jewish adoption agency in like the 30s or some shit so we know she jewish wow. but it's hard to prove she jewish wow <laughs> And then, like, so I kind of get where you're coming from with that stuff. We have a lot of similar, uh, it, similar it background right there. But um, that actually leads into the real opening question, which is a bit of the cliche. We ask okay. everybody this thing. <laughs> it's a little bit of a story. Um, and uh, when it lands, you can kind of answer it however. But it all starts off with my girlfriend. And she's washing the dishes one time. And she's got her phone. And it's playing that Black Eyed Peas song. I got a feeling. Ugh. Oh, I'm sorry, Black Eyed Peas and Black Eyed Peas fans. That was just a very visceral and gut reaction to... Usually I get the opposite, but fair enough. Really? Everybody loves this I can't stand that song. I'm so sorry. Guys, please, if you like me, now you like me less because you love the Black Eyed Peas. But Black Eyed Peas were better before Fergie. I just... It's just a preface point. It's not really... No, no, I know, but I'm just... I'm sorry. People get caught up on it, though, and I'm like, no, it's not... Uh, but yeah, she's listening to it, right? And she's bumping and she's dancing and she's doing her thing. And I look at her and I'm like, when the fuck did this become chores music? Right? Because mm. I'm like, yo, say a word. Think about this track in particular, right? Ten years ago, we'd all be up inside of the clubs or the bars and it was everywhere, everywhere. I can get why you might not like it. Bye. Everywhere, everywhere to a point where I can remember being in circles, super drunk. Dude, it was in commercials and movies. It was incredibly popular. Videos. And then ten years later... It's the chores music. It's the exercise music. It's the I'm doing some crap and it's kind of boring music to make his life a little bit better. And I'm like, say a word. Yeah. That's amazing how a song, because it's a song, it doesn't change over this entire period of time. It just kind of is the same song. But the context of who we are as people evolves so much that the club music becomes the chores music. Yeah, for sure. And then if you think about them little ones who are just not ready for this yet, they're going to be up in their 20s doing their Cardi B's and whatnot. They have no idea that in their early 30s, they're going to be washing dishes like up and it's up. and Because you know what we're doing? Yeah, facts. Up and it's up and that's how it is Facts. because chores yeah. music somebody's gonna be swiffering talking about i don't dance now i make money moves i swear <laughs> you know, i personally love that song but that's you what i'm saying because we, you're doing chores you want to go you want to go to that linear vibe you don't yeah, want to be like so that was facts. crazy and music is a cyclical like the way that we respond to it like you said as we change grow evolve as we that's age it. and are it's like your palate actually because like facts. as a child let there's me, a lot of let foods me, let me you get to that let me get to the okay. this is like we're not even done the question <laughs> so then if you think about the music and where your brain's already going with it okay. we're on like a journey 
So, right, yeah, and facts. when you think about when people answer the questions about themselves and their journey, right, they always start at the adolescent phase. Yo, I got into hip-hop when I found this song. I started rapping at this age. Mm. My influences that I'm like, bro, think about it for a second. It's a journey. That means that when you popped out in the hospital, there's probably a song playing in the room. And that was being absorbed into your existence at that very time. Oh, yeah, time. facts. And yo, so it Big made me realize music's like an all time kind of thing, right? So if you really run that back to being like a kid, like I can remember being four or five, I'm sitting in like my, my apartment. My dad's got the gray boxes, the amp, the radio, the tape deck, the everything with the wires to the speakers and everything. And he would bust in his Led Zeppelin take, tapes at night. It would be like 1990s MC Mario Live from the club mix type mm. things going through it like that. My mom's was more into discos and musicals and things like that. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 33. Okay, we're same, same age. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Up. I think you're a little older. I'm 34, yeah. And uh, basically, uh, it was all that kind of vibes, right? So the, the pop music would be out there. At Christmas time, though, I remember vividly we had this EDM Christmas remix tape to like it was edm remixes to like popular christmas songs and that was like present opening music and shit all wow. i have to say these are like vibes and shit and now i'm making like edm pop music so you know what i'm saying like there's connections between uh, yeah, these things so sure. really the story starts so much before we normally started so with that yes now it's going back to you mr basic <laughs> can you run us back to what it was like to be you the youngest basics you can remember what it sounded like in a sense the technologies before you wow. had any control over the environment you were in wow that's a good question man um what did it sound like shit i mean as a kid it sounded like fucking cassette tapes and like vcrs and like you know like disney songs in like the lion kings and the the the, the great mouse detectives of the world and like man like it's funny you say as far as like controlling the sound but like you know to what i was talking about burgundy and point st charles like my i i was with my mom in point st charles but on <clears throat> you know days off from school weekends etc i was always at my grandmother's in in burgundy and uh my adoptive grandmother's french and she always used to play like vinyls like like big time growing up like i always listened to like classical music and music on vinyls Edith piaf and Charles Navour and like a lot of like stuff that wouldn't necessarily you know the Sinatra's and the like Ella Fitzgerald's at a like I was listening to a lot of like older music that wasn't necessarily for my age at all in any way shape or form like that was basically like the big part of the sound and then like from my mom's and my mom's surroundings because my mom had me when she was 24 so you know when I was three, four, five years old, my mom was still in her late 20s. So she was bumping the stuff that was the early 90s hip hop, the early 90s and mid 90s R&B. Like I grew up listening to SWV and, you know, the Tony, Tony, Tonys and the Belle Biv DeVos and the Boys to Men's, Brian McKnight's, et cetera, et cetera. And like, so it's, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of mixture of both of those kind of energies and worlds of like the 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 big quote-unquote urban music of that time as well mixed with eras that were f from the 50s and 60s and like just that kind of you know and then like just like to talk about like cassettes and stuff like i just remember being like 
I guess it's a little older than that when you started making your own tapes and stuff. But like, I just remember like, like I remember having a pager and like recording like music into the pager thing to like leave the to like be like yeah okay you reach Alex I can't come to the phone now da 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 like just doing stuff like that like having a voicemail and putting music on it like ah it's such a I don't know it's such a deep answer but as far as my young young years that's what it that's sounded amazing. like it sounded like Sega Genesis Super Nintendo like, I like how you okay so you I like it when people do things I never heard before. <laughs> <laughs> keep in mind, we're like a hundred. I mean, over a hundred, hundred twenty-five easy deep. So like, we've we've done a couple of these. facts. Okay, that's true. Nobody has described it with the sounds like clicking and shit. Like like literally, this is like the clicks of the tapes and shit. Like that was the first sounds. And then it was like the content. Nah, it's like no, I remember the sounds of the tape deck open, which I can vividly remember now that you've said it. But it's crazy. That how of the thing rewinding and the like, yeah. the hard stop. And like nobody's mentioned that to me. It's so like, the like, way that that, but that was not. I listen to the music, and then there's this. No, it was the first thing you said. That's what's amazing. Because I feel like honestly, it's funny that you say that, but now it's triggering more. But like, really, if you want to talk about it, the sound like because you talked about technology and like the sound of my youth. It's reminiscent of a more tangible interaction with all forms of the media that you were connecting like it's nowadays it's a lot more easy to like i feel like everything is like fast food like you can access almost anything you want as long as you have an internet connection you can pretty much get whatever you want for free you can pretty much find it you can pretty much listen to it you can pretty much watch it you can pretty much engage with it whatever but like i remember as a kid like putting a vinyl on the thing and learning how to properly put that needle and it and like not it's not on right and like just like that whole like I remember the sound of like speakers with oxes and like the 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 crickling and like putting in a VCR like it not working like just like I remember these kind of things that there's so much I remember the phone like with the when you put your finger in the hole like like so like in a way like there's such an appreciation for for myself to have experience those things like that because i feel like my connection to these things is so much more than just like how we connect to media and you know that listening or watching things right now you know what i mean you have to find the right channel you have to put the vcr on the right thing to because if not it was just like super fuzzy like you know what i mean like that was a super interesting answer stills um, it's one of those ones where I'm like, yo, say a word. That is like, cause it's the opposite of how I live. I'm super virtual, super on this, like, you know, like technology fast. Like I don't mm. use no notepads. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Bro, you know how many times I, I used to like write the lyrics, make a typo, 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 scratch it out, rewrite it. Oh, now I got to rewrite the whole page. Third time I'm rewriting the whole page. I hate the song. Uh, <laughs> so no, man. Backspace. Best friend I ever made. But the, the downside of that is I'm probably less considerate with my words. Mm. You know, there's a less of a... I'm willing to make more mistakes. Because whatever, there's a backspace. Wow, I feel you. So in a sense, it's like there's a trade-off. That's the one thing I learned. Because I talked to like engineers who was like big real engineers. And I talked to engineers today. And the freedom comes with... Uh, a lack of preparation yeah i feel you. So you like look at a beastie boys classic like a paul's boutique bro do you know how much fucking planning had to go into that like just think about the logistical planning of that beat 
every sample now has to be found, sliced, placed. In Analog, team. man. It's a whole nother right? world of like, yeah, so yeah, man. Where, like, bro, I am sliding shit in Reaper around now. So it's like. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I, I still love writing on a piece of paper because of the fact that like, not to say there's more effort, but there's like, it's like you got to scratch shit out. You got to like. You know what I mean? Like, it's a totally different thing. And, like, it's funny you say that, but, like, one of the things that, that stuck to me, it's, like, off-tangent of music, but, like, they say that, like, if you're going to write something important to someone or something that could be, you know, taken in a wrong way or emotionally or if you write, like, you should write it in a letter or write it in a physical form on paper because you'll be, like you said, a lot more um, thoughtful with your words and the things that you say and shit like that, you know? So, yeah. That's definitely dope, man. I totally feel that. And this is a Might have to light another to one writers. of those. Oh, we will. <laughs> um, Were you going to say it's no disrespect to writers? No disrespect to writers. I Okay, I have, in fact, written entire, like, bars on the topic of why the fuck are people still using pen and pad and shit. Like, <laughs> I went to war for a minute. But then I literally found research that supported note-taking over not and, like... Sure, you're creating a, a more like like i said like interacting with a media more tangibly when you're writing it out you're creating a more tangible connection to the words and the things like, that you're writing apparently it has something to do with like the fact of like distracting your brain so like when you're typing it's such a mechanical non-distinct motion that your brain effectively can get bored quicker you can go on autopilot easier so you can actually type <sighs> and not even pay attention to what you're typing in a way where when you're writing it interrupts your focus more so you have to pay more attention to the writing element wow that's deep because there's a, a a job where where you're literally the point is to type super fast while not looking at what you're typing and that's a stenographer in a court like you literally are not watching what you're typing and you're just yeah. and like so that's and the person who's doing that job could care less about what they're writing. Not in the least. I don't need to. <laughs> but if you were doing it by hand. You would be like, oh my God. You'd be like, slow down. I can't keep well, up they, with that. They, they did shorthand notes no, no, shit, right? no, for sure. But what I mean is, is like, that's kind of the whole steez too with like writing music or writing lyrics, poetry, whatever. Even writing your thoughts like in, in a journal diary is like, you, you have that time to really be like, hey, like, what am I writing? What am I feeling? What am I thinking? You know what I mean? What's my connection here to what I'm expressing and putting out? Well, I mean, facts, but like at the same time, I look at it like you also can just look at the doc file and go, do I like this? <laughs> <laughs> like, right? Like, I mean, like, when you, when that's you hysterical. Google, when you yeah, but I mean, like, as you're writing it out, you know no, what I mean? I mean, like, because I mean, I don't know about you, but like, I rap it and see how I feel about it. And then I change words if I like it. And then I rewrap it. For sure. It. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, practically speaking, you kind of get used to it. So, in my head, I can just feel out by typing. What yeah, no, I like. type lyrics out too. I'm not going to front like I don't write stuff in my phone and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's a mixture of both, to be honest with you. But then in a recording process or in something else, I found myself a lot of times rewriting stuff to make it like nicer. Cause I was like, my, I write terribly. I write like a five-year-old child. It's actually, I work with elementary school kids, so I can't lie. Elementary school kids write better than me. I write like chicken scratch. I have to really apply myself for it to be readable. Like, which is kind of ironic considering I write stuff down all the time, but it looks terrible. 
Like people wouldn't be able to steal my stuff. Technically, it's kind of it's good in a way. I'm protecting myself if I lose my binder of uh, <laughs> of lyrics. I mean, it's fair. I definitely think people would figure it out. I'm sure it's not that bad. But five year olds also have like active training in writing. Like they learn how to write. Yeah, I feel the you. last time we sat there and spent an hour a day like learning how to write. Elementary school. When they were five. Yeah, <laughs> that was the last time that I <laughs> I had any kind of like, oh, this is how you're supposed to shape like, the letter I and think about it. What was the fucking point of cursive? I I can't stand cursive, dude. It's funny you say that, but to talk about my childhood, uh, when I was in elementary school, um, I actually skipped two grades. Like I skipped half say a yeah. I'm I'm smart, quote unquote. Um, so like basically, uh, when I was in elementary school, I went to French elementary school, Jean Jacques Collier, and I went kindergarten, grade one, grade two. I started grade three. I was always a troublemaker. I was always a smart ass, a class clown. Like I was, uh, but I always got good grades because when I first was in school, I would mess around. I would whatever. And I was told like, you know, this stuff is going to affect you. It's going to affect your grades. Your, this is the trouble was like, oh, you're slacking. So my rebuttal was, okay, I'm going to get the best grades possible. 90s, 95s close to hundreds whatever and i'm just gonna like at the same time be the troublemaker <laughs> you know conundrum so like when i was no, in grade nobody, three because yo they don't you might not notice but in high school at least right your teacher kind of was evaluated at least in quebec on their belt they're like average grade yeah yeah so like i've been the kid that gets in trouble with 90s and you do not get suspended you do not get in facts 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 well that's what i'm saying so like in elementary um when i was in grade three i started grade three that normal timetable of september but in january they put me in grade four and the thought process was basically like oh we'll put him in an advanced grade he he missed the whole first half of the year of that grade so I stepped in and they had already been doing cursive writing fractions and all kinds of stuff that I had never seen before in my entire life. And the thought process was like, we're going to put him in grade four. So then if he fails, which he probably will, he'll just be in his normal class. He's supposed to be in grade four next year anyway. So let's put him in grade four right now so he can stop being a troublemaker. And then I was like, no, I'm going to finish grade four. I'm in grade four now. So basically I went kindergarten, grade one, grade two. And I did one year, which was grade three and four together. And then I went into grade five, grade six. So like I started high school, like just turned 11 years old. Like I walked into grade seven in high school and like it was 12 and 13 year olds. And they were every, and I was the only 11 year old in the entire school. It was just like, how the hell is this little kid here? Who's this kid? All right, so let's pause there because we're going to definitely pick up at that point. That's definitely in the more second chunk of it. This is a show, by the way. It's tangents and your story mm -hmm. mixed together. That's the whole show. I am unscripted AF, Facts. as the kids say. Facts. Um, I don't know if the kids say AF anymore. I feel like if I'm saying they it, write it, nobody says it. No, they write it. They they do, but they don't say it. No. <laughs> but you're talking to someone who says lull. Like so I will I say lull in real life. Like yeah, that's that dad dick energy. <laughs> that's what I it's like big dick energy, but it's where like you just like say a word. I'm dad aged. Like, let me just pretend like I'm a dad, except That's hysterical. for all the parts where I have a kid. <laughs> for real, for real. Um, 
But when you're young, though, are you like a little sing dance presentation, run around the house being musical one? Um, hmm. I'll say, I'll say this. I'll say that I learned to sing, and I was singing before I was rapping from singing along to stuff and by singing along to stuff i mean like i was talking about earlier i grew up listening to the brian mcknight's boys to men's Montel jordan's whatever's of the world and growing up listening to music when i was singing along i was trying to sing along and sound exactly like the song sounded and so in a way like i've always kind of like loved to sing when there's music and shit going on and people are in a vibe and so i guess in a way yes but I don't think I was like necessarily the that run around getting video camera kid. No. But like, there's a whole yes. squad though of Michael Jackson kids. That's what I'm gonna call them. Where they would <laughs> do like thriller dances and everything. Like they would. Call, they, and I've tried about 15 people who are Michael Jackson kids, and they That's all have hysterical. the same fucking story. Or like you get the ones like my dad's a guitarist. So they get the, the or the church grind. The church mm. grind, hella real, like meticulous yeah, in them. Yeah, facts. Like they all like went through that, so it's super nifty. So the fact that you were part of the karaoke squad, yes, that's actually a great way to put it. And that's how it's funny because like one of the things that people often uh, are shocked is like how like my lyric retention is like absurd. Like once I hear a song a couple of times, I know the song by heart. And once I know something by heart, I'll like I never forget it ever. Like I have millions absurd. of songs in my mind and I can just recite the entire thing. In fact, like I'm pretty sure if I did this with more things, I could do it because I know the entire movie half baked by heart. Like from the opening scene, I can recite everybody's li every line in every scene from the entire movie from beginning to end as it goes. All right. Can you give us a little taste of that? Um, yeah. Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Thurgood Jenkins. Like, no, say word. I don't know. I mean, that's how the yeah. Well, and he's he's basically t he, uh my first. I how was he say? My, I don't remember my first sexual experience. Uh, but my first time smoking marijuana, and then you see the the they like the spliff. They're outside of the depot. You've seen how baked, right? Yeah. No, I'm not letting you do your thing. Okay, I mean, I don't want to go too deep into the into the half baked, but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, half baked. I mean, oh my god. Bro, I'm saying you. The fact that you went that far with it. Stop you! No, I'm telling you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, you know, I be from Jamaica, man. What part of Jamaica? Right near the beach, boy. I think you're bullshitting me. Samson Simpson, I stick by my story. If I wasn't Jamaican, why would I wear this hat? Delilah, get me 814. What the fuck is 814? She comes out with the crossbow. He's like, oh! I'm sorry, y'all. I don't want to be the first brother to die from a crossbow. That is amazing. Like, look, honestly, <laughs> like, that's impressive as fuck. Samson, I'm sorry. We've been lying to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> we was just trying to get like, our brother is, out of jail. Man, like got locked fucking, up. You know like, how it is? Like, motherfuckers can freestyle. <laughs> like, how many people can, like, verbatim quote movies? <laughs> Yo, right? oh, facts, 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 what? facts. That was, that was good. So you're a young man. <laughs> you're running through your retention of fucking stuff. You put put to the test. You you backed up your shit. I I appreciate that. Um, so what? When do you start to like give a fuck about music? As in, usually this is around the adolescent ages, preteen, puberty times, when all of a sudden you'll hear a song and it'll stop being some shit to being like yo. That's like as far as like me wanting to rap or no, sing or as far as just like, like a 
fan? Because you usually you're a fan, and then you become I want to rap. Wow, shit, that's a good question, dude. Um, it's not like your first influences per se. It's more like, what was the first song that made you go like, yo, I actually want to go buy this. I want to, I want this. Holy crap, dude. That's like I. I I don't know. I wow. I I don't know. I feel like there's so many different. I'm trying to pinpoint. I'm trying to even think like, what is the first CD I ever bought? Like, wow, dude, that's a really. I don't know. I don't know what that's to fair. say to Do that, you man. Some of the early shits you were getting into around the era, like what was like prominent. I, I feel like. I feel like, honestly, it's gonna sound super weird, but something that sticks out to me is like the crisscross album um young rich and dangerous which people don't know what i'm talking about but like when crisscross became like older like when they were like in their late teens they came back out with music and they had an album called young yeah they had an album called young rich and dangerous on the cover they're wearing like white like and uh and yo honestly like i remember rapping that stuff in front of people and people's reaction to the like just people's reaction to me either rapping stuff or singing stuff always kind of triggered me to be like yo what is this thing that music can make people feel like how you can like not to say how you could control someone but like you can really have impact you can like there's a true tangible result manifestation when you're expressing sound to people and like so i don't know to pinpoint it for like being a kid like to be, it, well, honestly a past being a kid like more like because you know at a certain point you start to form your own identity and a lot of ways music is a huge part especially in our culture of how we formed our identities right? true like for myself i mean it's, it's, it's what it is i was 12 years old and i heard this song by a guy named cisco called the thong, thong song okay word up vividly we were like it was before one of those like grade six school concert things okay, so we were okay. like there late and then we were with the teacher and we ran that motherfucker for an hour straight okay you know what i will tell you this that's funny i did okay okay i see i see how you work there i see i like how you kind of like guided me and triggered an answer here um okay like two songs okay there's three songs that 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 have done that okay one is this is how we do it by montel jordan because as a as not as a kid but as a kid ish growing up and but another song that's less popular kind of on that same album from montel jordan is a song called something for the honeys i don't know if you ever heard that song probably but, but offhand no bro it's honestly when i heard that track that's like track has stuck with me i would say i would say it's a tie between those two and summertime by will smith um because the sample of summertime is so incredible but also it's just summertime itself like that song is one of the first tracks as a kid or as a i don't remember how old i was but like listen to it when i was just like yo like i want to be there i want to like i don't know what I, it made me feel like i wanted to be in the song 
I don't know how to explain it other than that, you know? But, like, I mean, I know you know summertime. Summer, summer, yeah. summertime. And um, just, the like, the way how he starts and stuff. And to find out nowadays that, like, he really was biting Rakim's flow. But, like, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, and you can hear, you can never unhear it once you find that out. Um, here it is, a groove, slightly trans. Like, you can hear Rakim rapping that. But something for the honeys and summertime... Added this Rakim voice to like <laughs> it's out. Um, but yeah, um, something for the honeys and summertime might be the the rap one, and because as the, the harmonies and melodies in the in the hook with the girl singing, but then something for the honeys, ma like made me wanna like be like cool like Montel, like it made me like it was so dope like how he's just swagging like on the song like like i don't okay like is it cool if i sing up like the the beginning yeah, of it yeah, like because it's so fire like good. like uh the song like it's like a dump ass beat and like he's like starts and he's like i'm the type of guy who takes time to just kick back i turn around my baseball cap i have a 40 sitting on my lap 70 ivories until i see a female worth my while i'm scoping that ass checking her smile and i know that i can get it and i'll hit it if she's with it i get the five to the six seven digits like it's so sick like and it's just like it made me like yo what is this like what is this like yeah i love how clean you did that for one thing you and tyrell not tyler should do like a whole like project oh we need to we've been just, talking about that like, since i met him actually Ty like the first time i ever saw tyrell it was at a show called iron mike and he was the opening act and i was performing that night and my boy 5p who makes beats like break through more a few other things uh the dirty 32 beat etc he was there and we both were looking at each other and we were both like yo who is this dude? He's he's taking my whole my my shtick. He's doing rapidy singity. What is this? And then we became we met da da da, and then we became boys and like bro and and like low key like Tyrell is like the Neo of the city, like not Neo the Matrix, but like Neo the yeah, singer songwriter. He's an incredible writer. Tyrell, Tyrell really good. Incredible man. Big ups to check yeah. out his new track. Yeah, yeah, yeah facts. Happy. Facts. Happy for you. Happy yeah, go check it out. I was like, fuck me, I can't remember. <laughs> Why am I plugging things that I never heard? Sorry, Tyrell. Uh, <laughs> came, he came through for the interview. It was real cool. Then I found out he lives like he, in the hood-ish. Mm -hmm. I say ish because I don't know exactly where, but close enough by that it's like real close. There's a lot of people, Anglo artists, up inside of this corner of the city. He's like, yo, you know that? Fucking Mac nice. Vibes is now uh, 1990V lives in the Deej too. Oh, really? You know what I'm saying? Like it's oh, the that's wildest crazy. shit. He saw me in a Thrive NDG Facebook group. That's crazy. I'm like, I haven't seen this guy in a minute, bro. Shouts <laughs> to him. Still, he, he makes fire music too. Facts. Um, nah. So I guess then, um, like, what high school did you go to? I went to Riverside Park Academy in LaSalle like, to continue my my growing trajectory. Like when I was like 11 ish, we moved to LaSalle from Bergs from Point St. Charles and uh so I went to Riverside it's no longer a high school I was the last graduating class it's uh it's a, like an adult education fucking word I went through that with Wager yeah oh word up that's what's up yeah 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 so yeah I went to high school like I said man I started high school I was 11 and we wore like uniforms and stuff so like like yeah like yeah like Wager and so like when I went to school like I was 11 right so like that's another thing too is is like music and like rapping and the ability to sing and stuff like 
it made me kind of more cool and acceptable in a way because at first when I, like, especially when I first started high school, like, literally I was like, like any place I was in high school, any hallway, any whatever, everybody would be like, who the, like, why is there a little kid here? Cause I was 11 and like, I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm not exactly a big guy. So I was a lot smaller then too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like <coughs> this dude walking around the size of a pinky in the school in the same uniform as everybody else. It's just like, what the hell is this guy doing here? So um yeah, music and being able to rap or sing or whatever, like the girls were like, Oh, you can sing. You, uh, start rapping and singing. Like it was just the karaoke kind of stuff. Yeah, it was karaoke song. vibes growing up rapping and, and so, singing along like, to you're stuff. In school, just like rapping and singing the same kind of shit. Dead ass. And you're getting girls. Yeah, well no, I wasn't getting girls, but I was getting girls to think that I was slightly less annoying and a little kinda cute but still annoying, wanna slap you in the back of the head type thing get it that's 12 year old love if i ever heard it i mean hey you know women grow girls grow and mature faster than guys so you can imagine the kid who's actually younger than everybody else is you know because i'm obviously super mature and grown up and adult now and at and clearly you know what i'm saying i'm obviously very adulting at all times now that's you know amazing. why so serious and all <laughs> but yeah, I know. I mean, it's a good. It was a good, different era. I remember boogers used to be involved in flirting in my elementary school. So like, that's hysterical. I got yeah, for real. Like I remember because we thought about it all later and it like, clicked. Like people were like, "Yo, actually, that was flirting." When you chased the girl with the boogers, it was that's you didn't hysterical. know you were flirting. You didn't know why you were being particularly annoying. <laughs> Shout out to all the girls who mushed me and slapped me in the back of the head and stuff Same like that. Who wasn't down. But they, <laughs> Low key, they were kind of down still. That's it. The ones that like did it to you more than the other guys, they were the ones that are really down. You know, but you didn't know that back then because none of us had. You know how I know? Because she still slaps me in the back of the head. We're well, not really. You know, but she still That's does hilarious. that shit. She'll like walk up and be like absurdly annoying for no reason, and I'm do the same thing to her. And, I mean, that's just love as an adult. That's real love, there, right? Like, when you're absurdly fucking annoying, it's really just, as you said, being yourself. <laughs> Facts. Only now you're a grown, up, and it's the same shit. <laughs> true. That's a hundred percent true. <laughs> so, like, when does it go from a point of like you're like I'm a karaoke box of pop hits to <laughs> I'm like gonna start actually doing my own thing <laughs> Yo, that's so funny man um well i started trying to like write stuff because actually the the first kind of stuff that i started to do was i started writing out the lyrics of songs that i liked and rapping it out loud and being like oh this is dope so i can rap no beat i can i like i i know these things by heart and can just do it so can I write my own words? Can I make things rhyme? Can I do this kind of thing? And I guess this is in my mid-teens or whatever the case may be. But I wasn't rapping in front of nobody. I wasn't, like, rapping for anybody or anything like that. Um, I think that happened more when I was, like, when I started college and I went to Dawson. Because, like, I didn't, like, so, like, for example, the young thing again, like, I started college, I just, just, just turned 16, and I was in Dawson with, like, 18, 19, 20-year-olds and you shit. You have come up in your Dawson era a few times. 
Like, yeah, I've I there's a they, there's a there's like a diaspora of Dawsonites that I have either been in contact with or in some way, shape, or form like had influence or growth with or shout out Wasiu, shout out Lex, shout out Gold, shout out all the shout out everybody who has in any way, shape, or form I've ever interacted with in that time. A large list and your name almost always comes up first. Have you ever seen the movie Van Wilder? No, actually. With uh, Ryan Reynolds. Like I know what it is. Okay, so like, it. it's not necessarily a good thing, but I think that I was like the Van Wilder of Dawson. Like I was like there forever, and I was like, oh, I was yeah, almost like a, you know what I mean? Like it's, I, I don't say that with great pride necessarily. I mean, at the same time, <laughs> if you end up becoming like a dude who's professionally like that's all you do is make music and shit for the rest of your lives. Given what people say about you, at this point. It was one hell of an investment for your brand power. Really? The number of people that will hands down say you're the best freestyle they've ever seen is That's wild. And we're talking like sometimes like interesting names, you know, like I don't want to go that far into it and be wrong right now, but pretty much anybody I've interviewed that That's has crazy. seen you at Dawson has given you high praise. It's almost like people I've I've gotten to a point where sometimes it's like People go out of their way to just be like, basics is the greatest. Basics is going to be this basic. Wow. Say a word. And I guess like that's, in, that's in my dope, life, like man. I just know you as, as basics. <laughs> you know, like, so, yeah. like, <laughs> like to be that's fair, dope. I've heard a lot of your accomplishments. And I realized I met you in like, just so that people know, I met him like what? Right before lockdown. Yeah. I fucking make ways thing and we're like oh i know you and apparently uh, we might have talked one time before that uh, yeah I don't yeah i know what that was right i think I, it might have been at escalier right which is part of the lineage of my rap yeah big steez yeah yeah so and meeting them even younger than that things happen and I, that's it and then otherwise this might be the third or fourth time you know fourth time ever maybe fifth In time physical flesh yeah, yeah i think I one time you. i saw you random quick but like that's it like so it's just like shout out SQDC. So I, I haven't seen like any of it personally. All I wow, know is the legend true, of yeah? basics, and it's, 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 it's <laughs> the legend of basics. It's a real thing. Holy shit! That's like, incredible. Depending on that's, who I like say that yeah. to, they have seriously different reactions. That's fine. But wow. I would argue that if you were to tap into the lore about yourself, you'd be astounded. Like, well, I'll document it one day. I'll come back at you and be like, yo, here's that's my fucking lore report. incredible, dude. Thank you to anyone who has uh, good things to say. I mean, I'm sure there's. That's this is dope. Not even the end of the. Week I'm sorry for everyone that I have done that has bad things to say i apologize if i have any fault but you know the only bad thing anybody has ever said about basics is basics is not released enough music that's a fact talk that talk that that's it's it. true that's the only thing otherwise it's he's the best performer he's the greatest and i'm not saying this patronizingly i'm saying it like sincerely people are enamored with it i mean i get that's, it the wow. one moment i'm humbled had, man that's really I don't know. Just because I know for a fact we're not going to get there in the timeline we're at because it's great pacing. <laughs> my love and life, whatever. It <laughs> might be a part two people of the world. But, like, I remember watching this one scene on myself where it's like earlier this year, okay. kind of like March, April, sometime like that. I don't remember exactly when. We're all on Lamef's stream, and this motherfucker right here is on TV. And they're doing this thing. And I'm like, say word. That's the basics, basics. And everybody knows the basics, basics. And he's on TV. 
Like real TV, not fake TV. Yeah. Like, who cares if it's Quebec public television? It's the real TV. And then he does his shit and he does this little I love you mom or whatever at the end of his verse. And it was very impactful. And I, I felt emotional and shit. A lot of people felt the way. Because like, how many of us, especially as English rappers in Montreal, <laughs> this kind of a representation anywhere to even see us existing, let alone on yeah. actual TV. In French, I know. Next to like Monkey and Ruby Rizzle. Who I... I honestly, I'm I I can't believe I made it onto the show. I'm sure there's gonna people who are gonna say that it was rigged or this or that or the other. Um, but I mean, I auditioned like everybody else. There was there was there was 400 some people who applied to audition. There was like 150 people who got to audition, and they chose 16 people out of that. Or they they chose maybe like a top 40, I guess maybe, and then they chose their 16. Maybe I don't. I'm not sure the process exactly, but I mean. That's kind of why I, I, I mean, it's for me, right? I'm going to represent myself. I'm going to be basics in any platform, any space. So I'm going to show love to my mom. I'm going to, you know, that's why it, it was funny. But like to have a French rapping in, in the middle of it, be like, mama, we made it like little like things like that was like, it was really important to me to kind of like stay true in a way to who I am as a human being. Cause I, I just want to add a layer of context for anybody watching this not from Quebec. It's a big fucking deal that English got past censors. Like, y'all may not know that, but that's a big fuck. Because he did it in a way where they couldn't do anything about it. It was too cute. <laughs> super, like... The rhyme scheme rhymed with it, too, kind of. Like, like, I remember one of them. It was, like, the kind of eye candy that reality TV gets hard-ons for. Right at the end of your set, like, they could focus in on you getting emotional. There's yeah. No way you can cut that. They have to use it. It's too good. Yeah, for and sure. And so it was like, oh, say word basics did that and i really love that moment too yeah no it was it was i mean honestly just it's incredible the fact that music has in any way shape or form gotten me in the places it's been like growing up coming from my era growing up that radio was a thing tv was a thing much music used to play music videos back in the day i don't know if that's still a channel or if they still like but you know music videos used to come on tv and you used to watch them they used to have channels on tv for that uh, they used to tune in and used to watch music videos. <laughs> I'm like, I know it's not YouTube is a thing now, but like, um, Bro, to grow up times. from there and to p have any kind of participation in music and for it to be like, literally like before I had, you know, one end of the week, the first year I had never had a passport before I had never traveled anywhere other than like the States maybe or vancouver or whatever like i had never been anywhere i had never been on the radio that like that i had never been in any kind of platforms or known quote unquote in any way shape or form for any kind of expression of art and like to then eventually to like be on tv to be like in commercials to have people be like yo TV. i seen a commercial for a tv show and i saw you dude and i was like real tv yeah like tv like that's on cable television and i was like and like reputable tv as in not like okay like when i say reputable i mean like y'all know there's like corny public television where anybody and their brother can go to it <laughs> we don't mean that we mean like some motherfuckers put some funding into making this look nice level tv yeah facts and it didn't facts. come off corny and i check what end of the week proper we all agreed it's not corny ah huh. i mean 
it was definitely it was like i think we we're talking to vanguard and he was basically going it was one of the best representations of the mc challenge you could do on tv without it being corny yeah facts yeah facts it was definitely like they definitely and it was done in in such a short time span as well that's the thing that i don't think a lot of people are really appreciating as far as like the critics or whatever like i feel like people don't understand the time crunch that this was done in like like you have to understand that this was thought up of like this was approved to go in like end of september october and it was on tv in march it's a tv show it's an eight episode tv series that was approved to get the green light in less than like what five months they had it on tv they had done auditions in three different cities shout out fucking olivier bro shout out everybody shout out to shout out to uh to to guillaume shout out to benoit shout out to aime yo shout out to billy i know he's but yo shout out to everybody related to end of the week man shout out to la fin des feb because they really they took a chance i mean and it kind of for me what it did is like I give you an example. I went to chill out the mountain one time while the show was on TV and I'm at the mountain lookout and I'm just chilling, smoking, whatever. And I like overhear some like some some younger guys like they're in their early 20s, whatever. And they're just talking and they're standing around and they're talking about La Fin de Feb. Like I overhear people in the crowd talking about the show and being like, yo, who do you think is going to win? Da da da, This and that. And I was just there alone and I was like, yo, that's crazy. Like the impact of this shit, like to have politicians, like the Ministère de la Culture, like the, 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 she tweeted about the TV show. Like it really brought hip hop into like the, the quote unquote normal mainstream people's like eyeballs. Yo, you'll notice the bus ads for rappers increased after that oh big was, time was legitimized right big time but now it's like all over yo rappers dropping boom bus it's ad. big You're time like, bro word. it's really shout out to everybody who piggybacked on the end of the week success you know what it is end of the week is the gateway bro don't play honestly though for big moves like that for legitimacy because yo that means there's going to be families with kids and shit that watch that shit yeah facts. right now and these kids are gonna have it normalized like it's american idol yeah like i've had it's crazy to have had those kind of interactions where people have been like yo i was watching you on tv with my kids or to like have people that are not necessarily in my circles have some kind of an interaction where it gets to me that like you know this is a thing and not just for like about me being on tv shows as an anglophone or whatever but like just the fact that like there was a hip-hop show on tv here in quebec is mind-blowing to me that it Big even happened blowing. i'm still surprised to be honest with you there's so much that happened so many people had so many topics so so many things that i was surprised that they let it be so as real as it was and as open as it was and as uncensored as it got for some of the topics shout out to shout out to monkey shout out to elme for you know bringing uh important topics to the forefront and really having real discussions through their hip-hop through their messages and like i think they don't have a choice like as in quebec's cultural tourism people like keep in mind the way the government mm. is going to be structured a government is effectively like a bunch of like it's like a conglomerate of companies put together like 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 how there's like an alphabet inc and it owns google and stadia and this and mm -hmm. all right so like 
you can think of the the main government as being like the board of directors and then one of the branches of the company is the culture tourism people it's probably not lost on them that hip-hop is the shit yeah facts and that like by embracing it I mean, think about it from the anti-racism side of shit. If I'm embracing it, they can be like, look, we're more open-minded. You know, like, yeah, true, true, true. To, I understand what like, you mean. Politically. And then what choice do you have? You know for a fact that, like, a lot of your young people are into this shit. You can yeah, hip-hop sells, man. It's the number one selling tool. <laughs> and even you, you can look at any, like, honestly, you can just turn on TV. You can turn on the radio. You can turn on any form of online platforming and you'll see that like big companies they use hip-hop to sell everything you, you you have products now that like it's wrapped to you as opposed to like the old commercial like with like jingles have gone away and have really become like hip-hop is heavy in branding and commercial they, they do these test runs i think with youtubers i have a theory on that one right okay. i don't know if you know the fucking dude oh what's his fucking name uh, Trap Lord Ross. He does Trap Lord Ross. Trap Lord Ross. No, so he's I do this not. white dude in like England or Scotland or some shit. Okay. All he does is cover topic. He gets to the point where he's straight up a vulture, but he's unapologetic about being a vulture. So it's like less bad. Either way, he's the kind of guy that did like an eight-hour docu series on Six Nine. And it was really oh, insightful. Wow. Okay. And he, like, covered the entire Jacksonville drill beef in full. In full. Okay, so like, he's he's finding out the little the niche subjects in a way. He's also, like, this random white boy that does this shit. And he's talking about all this shit for real reels, for crazy bees and whatnot. But his ads, so it'll be, like, the same things as you see Squarespace or anything. It'll be, like... Yo, if I want to get the best website and I want it to look tight, I'll get the Squarespace link right down in below. Yeah, facts. You're just like, what the fuck? Why? What? What? But that's fuck? how it's gone, man. That's like, it's the it's the number one Wendy's avenue to. Or, you know, just even if you look at like uh, back in the day, the Burger King, uh, the, they had the chicken. They had this chicken sandwich ad going with Mary J. Blige. Um, and if you look at the, even if you look at the I'm loving it. Like the I'm loving it jingle, it was written by Pusha T, and so it's like crazy that they those are good bags to get. By the way, get those bags if they come in your face. Oh my god! Do not turn down those bags on ego, people. Dude, I would definitely write something for McDonald's right now. Holler at your boy. I got the Big a, Mac sauce. Let's get a question on the real, just on that idea of freelance working, because uh, lately. I see myself as a freelance employee contractor when it's a rapper. I have okay. the services of live performance, which technically y'all can pay me for if you want. Uh, you can pay me to write you songs. I'm very happy to do that if you guys want. You don't have to. They're just available services. <laughs> All these MCing your event, got that for you. Oh, you want me? You know, like things like that. Like you have skills. So let's say, and this is because I keep talking to city councilors as I'm on my local politics grind. <laughs> these guys have budgets. Yeah, right facts. so what if they were to like take basics and you were to be like a city councilor's representative in a rap battle <laughs> where you represented that candidate's ideas versus the next rapper representing the next candidate's ideas and y'all would do versus freestyling on debate points wow and then if you could make a little bank doing that is that within the purview of something that basics would do oh for sure for sure. Look, honestly, I'm not the kind of person who's like, 
who believes in like necessarily the sellout thing insofar as like compromising who and what you are morally ethically your values of your core of who you are as a human being if those things are coming in line like i'm not gonna rap about certain things or say certain things or represent certain people or align myself with with etc if it does that but for me to get a check for me to get the check though like i'm down to rap for somebody to write for somebody to whatever in fact like there's a lot of people there's there's a lot of people that i've helped with or you know you know battle rappers that i've helped with you know i write everybody's battles in the whole city for both leagues word up and dms i wrote everyone's battle all the battle rappers i wrote all their bars both sides i'm just kidding um no but seriously like i'm down to get the bag man and help out because some drama is good there's always some truth (laughs) and just but like lock party podcast make sure you guys watch that (laughs) shit all love to them that's hysterical man i watched every episode of glock party i'm actually kind of i love it man they're super down they just need an intro i told them that from jump they need an intro music there's some kind of intro video or theme or fucking start shit i'm not gonna lie to you yeah yo it comes in and it's like they're already talking they're just like in the middle of it dinosaur discovery these guys are hysterical i think he's wearing a fucking dinosaur i love how between episode one and like episode 10 or whatever the ratio of chrome dominating the conversation to trevi dominating the conversation has shifted drastically I mean, usually that's how it goes. No, like, uh, it's usually what if it's a two party, like, not to say thing. that Chrome doesn't get his say, it's just like Trevi more like laid back at first and, and then like started coming with facts. Like, they're fi- yeah, I guess he's, they're both finding their groove as they go. You know, it's a new platform, they're doing their thing. Like, Shout out to them, but they didn't invite me on there yet. It's beef now, guys. You know what it is, even though me and Chrome were at the chalet, yeah, camping together. Nah, but it's still that's real life stuff. This is fake entertainment stuff. So it's beef in the fake entertainment world, even though in the real world, I chill at Trevi's crib and we play Nintendo 64. But we, I can't battle him about that. So now it's beef because they didn't invite me on the podcast. I'm just kidding. Shout out to Feezy too, though, because like you said, shout out to Feezy. He's he's a hardworking guy, man. Feezy's a dude where like sometimes people be like yo promo this promo that and it's a whole conversation that's distracting but if you go past that top layer of the feezy onion it's like there's so many layers to him like bro they still do the magazine and you're like what and feezy's an og straight up even a ma- i didn't even know yo from like my perspective as hip-hop historian dude at this point the fact that like since what 2015 2016 there's like a quarterly hip-hop magazine of sorts mm. it's monthly i don't really remember and it features people it talks about news like yo if you actually try to find yeah, information from that era like honestly feezy is one of the only people and this is available today y'all can actually go check that out that has that information available out there. Facts. so just it's good to give feezy his love too yeah, and i mean that because like Bro, it does a lot. I mean, look at DMS and the whole, like, battle situation. Media source, radio. Like, it's a lot of things. And respect on pulling that off. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Respect to everybody in Montreal who's really, you know, on their, their, on their thing, on their consistency layer. You Let's know what I mean? Hip-hop, like, you don't stop, too. Cause big facts, man. This is, like, the collab episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact, man. Shout out to hip-hop, you don't stop, man. Sorry, I have a little alarm that goes off every hour and a half in my life so I can keep myself awake and remember that there's time passing through the day and time 
that's a that's a whole nother human tangent conversation but sure, that's nifty like you know what i like about it is that you developed a solution leveraging modern technology to keep yourself on track in yeah exactly yeah if i have an alarm that goes off um at 7 30 and then i it, it, this this you this was a work thing before because i work for elementary school and i do before school after school uh lunch program a boys group etc so like i used to have an alarm at 6 a.m and then I have an alarm every hour and a half until 6 p.m. Cause like, like periods and shit. It's like times like I have to wake up at six and like when my next alarm goes off at 7:30, that was when the that, that's when before school starts. So like if my alarm was going off and I wasn't at work working with the kids, I was late. And like at nine before school ends, they go to class. And then at 10:30, I was doing my pre-Ks, and then at 12, I was on lunch, and it just kept going like that. And then eventually i was like oh this is good for the weekends too because it can kind of keep me like i'm not gonna like go on youtube for three hours in a row because my alarm's gonna go off at some point and be like oh my god i've been on youtube for an hour and a half i need to do something else now bro i fucking stare at the timer thing sometimes on the video <laughs> or like uh music i use music a lot to keep time because most songs are about three and a half to four minutes. So if you count songs, you can run an average of how much time has passed. That's hilarious that you say that because one of the things that I'll do sometimes if I'm running late to something like to train or if I'm running late to do this or if I want to take a quick shower or whatever, I'll put on X amount of song. Like I'll, I'll put on like these two songs or whatever that I know is like this is eight and a half minutes. So if by the time a third song starts playing, I'm not walking out the door i'm late or etc you know like i swear it's so funny so i started making my mixtapes to coincide a little bit with my bike ride lengths so i went to meticulous's crib and it's 90 minutes so i made a 90 minute project so i had one to last the length of the bike ride. that's hilarious yeah you see timing music man it can be used for so many different things man because yo you don't want to be like halfway through a bike ride and have to change the vibe like it's not right no no not at all it's also dangerous and it like it can, can just Stop. you can just stop yeah no it's true <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah shout out to me for not being a smart and wise bike rider in my past times you know i've been hit by a train and stuff like that so say word. that's not good no it's not good i fell off my bike though being an idiot i have fell off my bike too you know broke like, my wrist like i could go to the corner but i could also shoot off the sidewalk now i did one of those yes and that was yes. a mistake because it bounced honestly my shoulder still hurts a little bit from like not like bad bad but like hey you know like it can yeah you gotta be careful on the bike man it's definitely uh worth it. so it's the best. yeah i've broken my wrist falling off a bike protecting my face uh i've had several other falls and like i said i got hit by a train in 2012 via rail like reflex to protect your face though yeah it was instinctual i mean i don't know maybe some people you've, don't. you're falling forward it's either like I let it happen and I land or I remember I in elementary brace. school. I don't know if this was like yours. There, there was this portion of elementary school gym class where they would teach you how to like fall and roll and do these like low end gymnastics. No. So we were learning how to do shoulder rolls. Really? I fucking swear on mats. So that's kind of crazy still. And I, knew, I was terrible at this shit, dude. I could never do somersaults <laughs> and crap. I was like this pudgy little fucking, I mean, y'all can see me now. I, I could, I don't know if I can do a somersault now, but like I'm now dumb enough to try to do somersaults in my I 30s. I couldn't do any of that. No, no, Like, no. I don't know if you've ever hit the point in your 30s where you realize I can do things, but I shouldn't. 
I'm an injury-prone person. I've done a lot of uh, wild things in my life. I've gotten a lot of breaks and a lot of different things. So I, I don't know if I'm at that point, but I'm I'm trying to be because the body is a fragile thing to be treated with care. You know, it's like uh, it's like if you were given one car for the rest of your life or one like one means of transportation or movement, and you could never change it. You could just you know, take care of it, maintain it, you know what I mean? Like, and that's your body. Like, you can't transplant your brain. I mean, not yet. Maybe at some point in the future, you can go into, a, like, robot Elon Musk form. Yeah, they're really pushing it. Yeah, I know. But, like, that for now, it's, like, not something. So, like, you know, I'm happy to to not put myself in those situations. I'll tell – maybe I'll save the train story for a part two or something. I don't know. Train story will come up when it comes up. You want to tell it? You can. It's the it's it's just part of the lineage of all my near death experiences. Like I've had several near death experiences. Like I've been hit by a car twice. I've been uh, electrocuted when I was a janitor changing neon lights on a what? metal uh, ladder, and I got rushed to the hospital. I've been uh, I almost drowned twice and had to get like taken out from lifeguards, resuscitated. Um, I was at the Dawson school shooting. Rest in peace, Anastasia, and yeah. shout out everybody who got hit. I'm so sorry for all the stuff that happened. I, I've been in so many different situations in my life that have been near-death experiences. But, yeah, the train was the worst. I got hit. Uh, I was riding a bike in St. Henry. You know, I, you might know the area, but, like, on Corsell and Notre Dame where the Home Depot swear, is. I was just, I just, I just yesterday. You were there? You passed that earlier? this route going to fucking Oscar <laughs> Peterson Park. Okay, yeah, okay. So, yeah, because you were coming from here. Okay, yes, so I was. I was coming down the street that that long building's on, and you make that left on Corsell to cross the train tracks okay. to go up towards St. Jacques. Right. So, but at the time, there used to be this huge building there, a huge tall building that's now down, and it was, like, right next to the train track. Um, this is back in the days of Death House. I don't know if you know what death oh house God, is okay death word house. so back in the days when death house used to be a thing back there i performed there one time oh, uh, um uh, which was this for context was like this super little tiny like uh, it was like a venue the size of this room with oh, like a little, a, a little bit but it was like it you know what i mean it was like a little up part like anyways it was and it was right next to the train track paper clippings like the grungiest crazy ever seen tiny ass little stage in the corner and then you would just somehow rap there for some reason and it was the best show you ever i don't it was, know it was wild yeah it I was a wild four thing or five i've only been there one time and arguably it is the model for what i want to do in the future is death house word i feel you because there's no other performances i've had as much fun slash been able to smoke weed inside it's that definitely an intimate experience to say the least man but, like, but yeah yo, so that's the like area 50 60 people literally staying in the show at one time never yeah. going outside. like i've never seen that before yeah it was wild yeah so that area yeah 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 exactly so that area so uh the saint henry spot there and so you know that there's three train tracks there right like there's two that are a little bit together off and there's one that's right right there as you make that turn so when i i was on the way to actually record music i was late uh shout out to people who know me in my personal life and know that that's something i'm trying to work on and not be late but basically i was late to record with 5p um and i was coming down the street and i saw that those cars lined up so i knew that there was a train crossing but i knew that i was late and i was listening to music too 
And I was being told at those times to stop listening to music while I was writing because it's very dangerous. Super dangerous. Super dangerous, I yes, because you can't hear anything. Just put it on speakerphone. Yes, I know. Trust me, I don't do that anymore, guys. Don't worry. I, I, I have a helmet and everything. Um, I had a helmet that day too, actually. Thank God. But like, basically, I went around the corner and, you know, there's the clearing, there's the park, there's a field. So there was a train and it was already leaving. So I was like, oh, this is blessed. Let me keep going quick before the things go up. Stupid move. Obviously, look, if you get hit by a train, it's your own fault. It's on a track, you know? It's a, it, it can't jump off the track. You have to go on the track. You have to cross the paths with the train. It's your choice. It's your, it's your, it, it's, it's all 100% on me. Like, but I basically went when the things were down to try to beat the cars. Apparently, this guy had already seen me because he was honking, etc. But like 30, 40 yards away, I just looked, happened to glimpse from right, and there was a train barreling down upon me. Tried to hit the brakes and like turn to, you know, fall. But it spun me face of the train. And my whole right side of my body, shoulder, leg, everything got clipped. I got hit and I blacked out. And then I woke up on the ground, whatever. And I couldn't move. Like, I couldn't wiggle my toes. Couldn't move my, wiggle my, my fingers. My whole right arm felt like it was ripped off. I was asking the firemen and stuff when they were there. Like, yo, is my arm there? Like, I was crying. Like, it was crazy. I, I couldn't move from the neck down. So I thought I was paralyzed. It was a wild, wild, crazy story, man. Like I, when I went to the hospital, the dude who took my x-rays told me like, yo, you know, like last week, somebody got their leg cut off from a train. There was a lady who came in the hospital. She came from a different section, came to the ER while I was still in the neck brace. And I was like, I had to see you for myself. I've worked here 17 years. I never seen no one as blessed or as lucky as you. She's like, you're here for a reason. You need to find out why you're here. I'm going to tell my kids about you. I'm going to tell them to wear their helmet because you had your helmet. Da, da, da. Like, it was a deep, crazy helmets, talk. Those helmets are, like, really big. I fell off my bike one time uh, a couple of summers back. And what really gave me perspective was what my helmet looked like when I saw the scrapes and shit. Dude. And then I'm like, yo, that could have been, like, my face clean. It would have been that right there right just facts bro and instead and yo they, it was loose i got lucky it wasn't like it was properly fixed, oh right? yeah so you it see. fell off and i wasn't sure if my helmet was on right and then jeez yeah, thank god right. still ripped out some of my hair and shit but like, thank god though man yo, it could have been a like, way oh, worse dude god. man helmets is corny but helmets save lives <laughs> it's so funny that you say like what it looked like after because you know there was a lady who was on my side of the axe think about like there was cars waiting to cross right and then there was a train incident so like that train was stuck there for like four hours so these people were fucked i fucked a lot of people's day that day plus like everyone who was on that train who was like about to get off at the lucien lallier station and we were like right there like saint henry's like two minutes away from where they were getting off and like i googled all this stuff because like they don't let nobody off the train like, they have to wait for the train to get the clearance to keep going again. And they can't let people off. Like, it, it's super deep. So, like, I ruined everyone's day that day, by the way. But think of the people who are in their side of the car, like, who are on the opposite end, seeing me coming and seeing the train and being like, no, stop. You don't see what's coming. And then they see me get hit and they don't know anything else because the train is just there blocking the view. And they're just like, oh, my God, we just saw a kid get killed on a bike by the train. <laughs> <laughs> how old are you that's great uh this happened in 2012 so it was tuesday it was tuesday june 12th 2012 at 11 45 a.m i was hit by a train and i was out of the hospital that night at 7 30 i didn't break a bone 
and I got clipped. I had, I had, they couldn't clean. I had a tattoo into my skin from part of the train because it was so deep, the wound, and there was metal shards and shit that they couldn't get it out. And like to talk about what I was going to say with the helmet thing, like a lady brought me the bike and it looked like the Incredible Hulk like squished it in his hand. And on the handlebars, there was pure blue and yellow paint from the via rail paint from the train. And I was like, dude, I can't like, I can't believe I'm alive. Like it's, it's a crazy, crazy story. Like once in a lifetime, I wasn't supposed to die type thing. Cause I was thinking in the moment when I seen the train, it was like, oh shit, this is how I'm going to die right now. Like I'm going to die right now. And I, it's me, my fault. I, I went through a train track. You dummy. Like terrible man and for the people who know me personally in my human life they know that i've i've done a lot of stupid shit to get myself hurt i know everybody was going to be at the funeral like typical alex man only you could get hit by a train dude <laughs> like, facts it's That's an amazing thing. it's crazy I've definitely got the impression that basics be basic thing is definitely an expression <laughs> Basics be basic. That's a fact, man. Basics be basics, man. And there's nothing wrong with that, man, because you got yourself a whole energy. Like I said, people talk about you. So one way or another, yo, one thing I learned about this music thing is a lot of people, like, even you ask me, you know, to talk about songs. I'm like, nobody gives a fuck about songs. <laughs> I know it's a weird thing. They care about your songs if they're your fans. Mm. That's true. But when you watch a Hot 97, how much of the interviews about their fucking new album? Like 10 minutes. Yeah. At max. Because yo, yeah, I've yeah. not about actually, life and... I've not seen an artist successfully plug themselves for more than like seven or eight minutes before they're out of shit to say about their own music for the most part. Without doing like a track by track album breakdown, which is contextless <laughs> in this environment. Yeah. Sure. And it, yo, sometimes they do. They do the track breakdown and you're like, bro, like I mean, yeah, cool. You but, wanna absorb it in a different medium, like that's the kind of content you want to have stand on its own type thing you know what i mean stand alone that's it where it's like this interview or all interviews in my opinion because again i don't really like all interviews i kind of like the glock party party podcast a lot because they don't talk about like just battle rap it's actually like aliens and dinosaurs and weird shit that i would talk about so yeah they've barely spoken about battle rap it's at amazing all, to, to be honest, honest. It's, it's great i like uh. hearing about their more topical stuff or i watched a hustle podcast and they run through stories and stuff and you can see the difference between people who have like anecdotal events of their life versus people whose anecdotal side is like whatever honestly my whole life changed i'm gonna live my life to make a better interview than like fucking <laughs> sounds like cool, that's dope, man. check it i don't have a major budget so everything i do now is gonna sound like ass when i finally get to the next year and yet he paid me a thousand dollars for this interview crazy great incredible and he says he doesn't have a budget well, shout out hip hop you don't stop shit, man i need these motherfuckers to sign up on the patreon yo somebody actually looked at me at one point and said you probably need to sound like you're a little bit like you know you, you might need to admit you're broke <laughs> <laughs> like who's wow broke? that's kind of it's kind of well, like, harsh I'm not, like i make money but it comes in and out i got like people i pay yeah for sure but like then you're broke you're broke so you're not like profiting it's i mean look if you're not wealthy you're broke in our in our in our but if you present yourself like you which i was doing a little bit too much like you i'm crushing it then people are gonna go give their donations 
to mm. the next man's, which I love. Go give donate. But sometimes, just remember that I'm not like, I'm not crushing. <laughs> There's no thousand dollars. But if I had it, yeah, I would. Like if I had that, like if it was like flowing like that and all in, all That's in is fire. there. Like, yo, my dream for the lives is to get to a place where 50% of the tips go to the interviewee. That's fire. But there's no tips, so I can't even bring it up. Yeah, I feel you. But, like, if I people feel are you. doing that, and then, yeah, I got to make back my little bit of loss, you know, and then whatever's left over is investment shit. And if people, like, knew, okay, say a word, I bring people in, and they tip, I get money. You know, like, that could be, like, a whole thing. So, like, nah, I mean, I'm not trying to do a huge money grab. It's just I wish I could pay you a 1000 I wish we could be in that place. I wish that was, like, where it was at. Facts. That we were just, because, yo, I talked to an X-Mans, and he actually got, like, racks to go to, like, it was Legends. Legends gets, like, racks to go to the States and do performances. That's dope. Like, what? See, I don't even know who that is. This guy's. But that's dope that he's getting. But you see, like, you don't need to be known. Like, I feel like that's the problem is, like, people don't necessarily know what they want. Um, I think I think we've been duped or a lot of people are duped into believing that what they want from their art and from their interaction with the world is to become like known or famous in any way, tier, any level. If you want to be super famous or you want to just be in any way, shape or form known. And I'm not sure if that's really what people want. I was just having this conversation with one of my best friends, my best friend yesterday about like. I would never necessarily like I don't think I could be as a human being I wouldn't want Justin Bieber Drake level fame I mean shit you could give me the money if I could be unknown I'm 50 50 on that but I hear you like it's cool to be like I'll give you an example you know rappers be talking about like I'm balling I'm buying the mall I'm whatever you know like I've always said this but like it's like I would like to be able to go to the mall uh, it's like it's dope that I can go to the mall and buy everything, but like I can't go there without calling first, so they shut down the store, and I go with my security, and I get harassed on the way in and on the way out, and Bro, it's too I, much. I kind of would much prefer that version of life half the time. The other half the time, I want to hide. Like there's a part of me that like yo, like that tier. I don't want the middle part. I want that tier or unknown. See, like me, I'm more of a like. You know, I mean, shout out to anybody who wants to, you know, give me a crazy check or fame to make me whatever. But like, no, like I, me, my, my, I would much rather be like a currency level. Like, you know, you know, currency. Yeah, yeah, so like, I, <laughs> you know, currency, you know, and it's not a shock because I love currency to death. But if he walks down most streets, he's not going to get even noticed other than the fact he's going to be super fresh and like dressing the fly as shit and whatever else are driving a dope ass old school chevy or some shit but like and smoking the craziest weed you've ever smelt but like you're not gonna differentiate him and be like okay this guy's like a multi-millionaire dude who has it who ha can have whatever he wants right well i mean i don't care about being rich but like i mean literally everything about my physical branding is an effort to stand out more and be remembered on site okay see i don't care about being rich either that's the that's the thing i care about my time spent alive on this planet so what i mean by that is for me there's no job that could pay me enough that it could equivocate my time if you pay me a hundred dollars an hour to work a day job at some point i'm gonna stack all the money 
and invested over a time period in order for me to never work again. Because the time that I have spent on this planet while I'm alive is so much more of a commodity that it could never truly be reimbursed monetarily. Like, you can't pay me to be alive longer, which is what I mean by that. Like, I mean, you're gonna die. Like, if you could sell, if you could sell one second, if you had one second for sale for a million dollars, you would in one day become the richest person on the planet Earth. If you could sell somebody one second, because they would buy days and years and they would just give you everything to have more time. I mean, I don't know if that's universally true. Uh, I'm motivated by legacy. So for me, it's like if the fame is part of it, so be it. But when I die, there has to be something left. Which means you need time to accomplish that. Uh, I mean, I have time. So it's like it's an interesting Right, but you could always have more, right? Because you always have less time. But I get off on shit like time management and like project management. Well, why do you have time management? Because honestly, because I went to work and I got lucky and they taught me that shit. For no, me. I know. But what I'm saying is not not why do you have it like that? What I'm saying is, is why do you bother using it? Uh, because my, my ambitions require it. Like I can't So you can make better usage of your time. To do bigger things though i would say that that's my what i'm usage saying of my time would never change it would fundamentally it would be a more grandiose version of what i do now word up that's what's up but it wouldn't be that different than what i do now no, no not different but what i'm saying is is you would have more time to do what you do right that's what i mean by so to, to bring it back full but circle like, to the point that i was like, trying to make maybe it's just different for me but like what i do at my day job is literally what i would do if I had more time just for my own shit. So I would agree that doing it for myself versus doing it for somebody else aspect with you, but the actual act, bro, like I get off on like data and shit. Like it's- Oh like, no, for sure. But what I'm trying to say- like, of Let's say the... my day job was something that wasn't what I do. I would empathize twice as heavy with your statement. I just feel like there, it's worth mentioning the bias of my like synergy. Do you want to do that day job for the rest of your life? If I had to? No, that's not what I asked. Do you want to? I would like to do the occupation. For for the rest of your life? Well, I want to go into consulting and shit, which is basically what I do, but for myself. Okay, so you don't want to work a day job that you have now for the rest of your life. But you said what I do. Yeah, I would do the same thing. No, no, I asked you, do you want to work this day job for the rest of your life? But effectively, I would do the same task. For yourself. It's the same thing. I know it's doing the same thing. What I'm trying... If you could allow me to, thank you. What I'm trying to get at, to circle back to what I was talking about, about fame and rich, etc. I don't want to be rich or wealthy because of the tangible things that it can bring to my life. I want it to be so that way I can have as much free time on the planet as I can possibly manifest. And by that, I mean, if you never had, if right now, you never had to worry again about paying a single thing for the rest of your life. You'd be able to accomplish a lot more than not. I do. It you'd faster. have more. Yeah. You'd do it faster because you'd have more time. That's what I'm saying. Uh, would, so that's my only goal. Like I, I wouldn't want resources. fame. I would want so that's why money. I'm it's it's resources I lack. At the time, I'd feel like I wouldn't actually because I'm a workaholic, so I wouldn't end up in a position where I had more time. For sure, you are, but most people. But that's what I'm saying for that's myself. What I'm saying, you know? so I try to like acknowledge it. This is for me, and maybe it's not a reflection of everyone. But 
I agree with the resource side. Pass me the ashtray real quick. He's like, facts of the matter is, I can't move. That's why I kind of tangented it here. Like, I can't pay you a thousand dollars, but if I could pay you a thousand dollars, y'all would be up in here every fucking week. So Yo, he's lying. He paid me a thousand dollars. I wish, fuck. But like, <laughs> if I fucking could, I would. Like, that's why we're trying to do all this grassroots shit because, frankly, we can't pay people. And it feels weird, in a sense, to own all this content and not be in a position where I own content with all these people's faces on it. I own it. It's not anyone else's content. But I can't pay people for it, which, yo, like, it is what it is. It's not strange. yet. One day, yeah. That's what I'm saying. But, like, it's still at a point where in your soul, like, it's more that kind of shit. But what am I doing with my life? Bro, this is what we're doing. This is it. It would be this, just in a nicer studio. That's how, I guess that's where my answer is. And I feel like. That would be dope, though. But it wouldn't necessarily be better. It would be different. I've been told very clearly that when I get that, I'm going to miss this time. And I think they're Yeah, right. for sure. Of course. Of course. You know, because even to, to you know, to come back to, like, uh, my, like, journey through music or artistry or whatever, like, I miss you know when i was 19 20 coming up and first going to like open mics and like just writing new stuff poetry or it just that feeling of like those because honestly those moments of intimacy through the human connection of the art or the it's it's so much more than than the bigger platforms necessarily are you know what i mean like it's a different feeling than rapping uh in fucking Prague in front of a thousand people even though that's life-changing too in its own way like i'm sure if and when i'm rapping in front of 10,000 20,000 people at oshiaga or something i'll be like wow this is great but somehow i kind of miss rapping in front of like 30 people and only like 10 of them were listening to me anyway and some of them were just doing their own thing <laughs> like, like just picture that set at oshiaga right you have 10,000 people. You can't be up there doing random freestyles and shit. Nah, bro. This is big stadium <laughs> shit. Now you got to be sounding like that. This is why guys like Eminem flipped their career. It's because mm. they were performing in the O2. They weren't like fucking performing in your Metropolis tiered fucking 2,000 person show. No yeah, more. exactly. It's true. Where your underground hip hop vibes and shit like that work really well. But yo, if we really want to talk stadiums, like how many of us have stadium songs? Like facts of it though. No, it's true, man. That's a big like that's a big part of it too, you know? That's why I feel like it's such a huge accomplishment for like like the the more and more it grows, like it's 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 mind boggling to see where where even like, you know, to I mean, it's kinda ego i guess to talk about me but it's my interview or whatever so but like that's what we're doing right this is that's what i'm supposed to do right now um but like to to see like the fact that i've rapped in different countries the fact that i've like it's mind-boggling to me to 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 have any kind of a trail or journey or any kind of like to to be like i don't know to have this what you said the legend of basics or whatever that's hilarious like that's wild like and for me personally like i it's subjective because i'm living it right it's like it's like the sound of my voice sounds different to me than it does to everyone else it's kind of like the same perspective on that it's like other people might be like oh my god this guy's so dope or this or that and i might be like wow i'm super whack like i've done absolutely nothing in my career for you guys to be like wow you know it's it's weird and i think that's kind of shapes my desires in so far as what i really want from music or art or 
this kind of thing, which is like what I really want from it is the freedom of time in order to be able to do whatever I want with my time. I don't necessarily want to be, you know, I'd rather truly and honestly be behind the camera than in front of it if that's possible. Because the longer you're in front of the camera, the longer you're created into this thing that you're not truly like people showing up at Justin Bieber's apartment. And him being like calmly explaining to them like, hey, you know, this isn't really cool. Like picture yourself coming home from work and you just want to come home and relax. And like no one knows where I live. And now you guys are like 30 deep in front of my house blowing up my address. This just happened like a few days ago or whatever. And like he's explaining this and he's like, you know, I'd be good if you guys would respect that. And just I appreciate you guys being my fans and da da da. But, you know, I'm just going to go inside. Da, da, da. And he says that. And the girl in front of him is like, oh, we're, I'm really sorry. But can I just, can I just have a hug? And it's just like, he's no longer a human being to these people. He's like that thing. I'm not even going to lie, dude. It's like that for us already. You're already online to a smaller scale. Yeah, like, I feel you. you. Like, it's almost unavoidable. This is why, like, I, I, I grapple with this a lot. I had a moment earlier this year where I talked a little bit of shit, and then a little bit of people were a little bit unhappy with me in the DMs, and <laughs> I realized there were real-life consequences to my words in ways that there never were before just because <sighs> I'm doing better. That's true, man. That's very true, man. Everything that you're saying and doing online can be like how, for example, like how we were joking earlier, but like, you know, you can, you can really blow yourself up as we've seen from other people online and bigger celebrities and smaller celebrities. You can really like say the wrong thing or represent yourself in the wrong way. And it's kind of like very tainting it's, in it's, a way. It's often just being negative versus positive, right? I think a lot of people struggle with the Facebook jail concepts and stuff, but at the end wow. of the day it's whenever you have negative moves people feel away whenever you make positive yo you can put any opinion in the world that you want onto the internet if you somehow say it in a language that is not negative i have to agree with you because people it's like uh what my angelou said about like people won't remember what you said or what you did but they'll remember what you how you made them feel right and like that's why memories and hindsight and those kind of things often get clouded and people get into arguments because people are, are are often like oh well you you said this or that but what they're really thinking is about what they felt in that moment what they're not they thinking about what what they said. remembered and they're not necessarily thinking about it from an objective like outsider's perspective of like reading a script of what happened they're like Facts. putting tone and context and nuance and etc and like also having this other assumption that like People understand what they I'm mean. Just grab your light. So, like, one of the things I mean by that is a lot of people maybe use very particular language or they focus a lot on language and they assume that everyone has the same, like, linguistic skills. Mm. Or that, like, I don't know if you've ever talked to somebody in New York City and they've said some shit that is plain English. I've never been to New York City before. But if, if you talk to the just people, to, but yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Shout and out like, EOW New York. <laughs> like you talk to them and they say some shit in plain ass English and it doesn't mean a damn thing to you. And somebody has <laughs> to explain what the fuck that meant because <laughs> it was English, but you've never heard what that said <laughs> in your whole life. <laughs> that's hysterical. That's like almost half the premise of my show with EOW is no, I don't know what you mean. Y'all mean shine? No, I don't know. I'm Shane. I don't know it. I don't know. No, That's I never so did. funny that you say that. Uh, so it makes me go. So say a word. Now everybody's on Facebook. Everybody's from everywhere, bro. People in Montreal, in different boroughs, 
have a different understanding of English. That's a fact. So like, yo, if you, do you know what Yeah? If you, you either know what Yeager's boss is or you don't. For sure, Yeager's boss. What are you, you saying? Yeah. You Yeggs. know what it is or you don't. Yeggs, negs. All of that. All of that. So you either do it, you don't. Even saying it. all of that, saying word up, saying still, saying yo, I'm trying I to say dip. Stills to this fucking day, and I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was Wager. Yo, by the way, Tory Lanez years ago had a song called Still, where he explains like, shouts to Tory for always repping for Canada. To be honest with you, like on well, a random thought. It's definitely a, a, you know, West Indies, Caribbean, Afrocentric, you know, and that's, you know, to go on a tangent of like this language thing. It's funny because going overseas with end of the week, the one of the first things that I really had a notice and connection with is in Prague is like our language was closer, even though it's all English, but like it's Canadian English, United States English and England English. But it was so much closer in the England and Canadian because of some of the West Indies, Caribbean, like there was a lot of sounding of the same things. And so like there was a point I was talking on one of the first nights and one of the guys from end of the week, England, Apex, shout out my brother Apex. He was like, yo, he sounds like one of the youths from the ends, you know? And I was like, what the fuck is the ends? But like, that's how they call the hood. You know what I'm saying? And like, but I know what you and da da da. Because at some point I said something like, yo, I'm trying to dip out still. Something like that. And the, and they were like, yo, you talking like, yeah, you know, I mean, a road man, you know? Like, like, that sounds just like natural, like dip out stills. Like, that's like a DG uptown. Like, there's a, the, Bergs. Like, there's a lot of influence of this in, even in the mannerisms and in the. Yeah. Yo, I swear, I'm just like a side note. One of the projects I want to do one day is to get people together and we just write a book called Montreal Slang. That's fire. English Montreal Slang. And it's just a slang book. And we either, we just make shit up too. We don't, who cares? We just make up like a code of slang <laughs> that all the rappers agree are things. Yeah, eh? And then like, we just run it. We run it. And then if we put that book out, motherfuckers jump on it at least 25 of those slang words will become lexicon in the city facts and it's stuff like that that i think is fun that's a fact (laughs) yo it's because you never think about montreal slang but i was talking to lush one wow shout out to wow yeah it's true a big name drop but yeah yeah no facts bro but he he fucked me up we were taught he's like yo you sound like you're from montreal and i'm like the fuck does that mean He's like, nah, break it. And he started talking to me about Montreal slang and how it's there. And I'm like, what? Because we don't hear our slang. We live here. Yeah, facts. But when you hear about a bagel, you're like, the fuck's a bagel? And that's what a bagel is everywhere else. Oh, yeah, yo. There's a lot There's Actually, a lot of them like little Google ones, right? Yeah. Slang after. And then, like, you realize that, like, we're a lot closer to New York than, like, anywhere else in Canada with regards to how we speak. And there's even more shit that makes it more Montreal that's just different like yo i was talking to a guy in toronto and he said do you understand what i'm saying and i'm like oh my fucking god he doesn't say you know i mean he goes do you understand what i'm saying <laughs> and i'm like do you see what i mean it's like these kinds of things that change yeah no for sure man and I'm... it's like but we don't think about the fact that we have slang here really a lot i don't think we don't like co- we don't focus well, i on think it. you're in it right like collo- like you know the word colloquialism yeah so like basically like I think that when you're in, when you're, when you're so in it, you're not necessarily focusing on it. It's so, you know, even like franglais, like the mixture of speaking the two and just like being certain, like, it's like when I've been overseas, like when I went to St. Louis, 
uh, or when I was in London or it's like it's it's clearly you're clearly standing out for every subtle little thing that for you wouldn't necessarily be any kind of you wouldn't hear it differently than any other but it's little enunciations or like the bagel bagel thing or like certain little things because like <laughs> it's uh shout out to my homie my homegirl from ontario who says bagel shout out sam like she knows what it is we used to make fun of her all the time but like i think it's hilarious that there's different ways of saying the same words and just just I'm slang and aluminium is a legit that's crazy which is cr i've never said aluminum i say aluminum technically aluminium i know <laughs> it's crazy or i say documentary because that i don't know i know docu documentary i can't say it documentary other, i can't say it like that <laughs> i mean it's documentary so i just say because it's the british way word and up it's valid and i looked it up one time and everybody gets mad that i say it like that documentary like there's a lot That's of things hysterical. Or crazy is i don't think grapefruit i think pomplamoose wow see that's word. the franglais it's the only word how your brain will go I there know it in english until i was an adult wow that's deep man you see like like if i had like on a tangent right but like if i had three wishes from a genie legit if i had three wishes from a genie the very first wish i want to be able to read write and speak every known language on the planet earth i would like google to invent that for me too because if you were no i know you can but what i'm saying is is to to have it all like fluently and Whoa, sounding I'm, I'm in the dialects and tongues you know like those videos uh that's what i'm saying but like you know those videos where like the reaction videos where you see like a white guy going to like chinatown and ordering food in english but then like he starts speaking fluent cantonese or mandarin like in the same tongue as them and are like how are you speaking this and then he's like oh i lived in beijing for 15 years ha 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 or whatever you know but it's like you get truly treated differently when you speak and understand and you can really have interactions that are like i feel like that would be such a superpower to be able to speak right. read and write all the languages you could literally connect and talk to anybody at any time and just be like what up so yeah, once they make google lens proper trust it's going to be built that would in. be so fire it's be built in like you you know they're all working on it google translate has gotten to a point where like people complain less about it oh shout out to google translate for helping out certain things when being overseas man and being like how you say this you how know, you say like, that people get mad at facebook and don't believe that people like can understand context but i like at work use tools that run what they call a sentiment analysis sentiment analysis sentiment analysis so the sentiment so it's judging like the emotion of the message and it tells me positive negative or neutral really and I use a what is this like what uh, like what an analytics media. does it use or English. what so it just has like a bank of words and context of those word applications in order to mathematically deduce because yeah, like this this shit was garbage in 2017 but you gotta keep okay it's mind. adaptive so the check out how it would work in real life though so what happens is these people use like an engine so everybody's gonna license like the same ai's so let's say there's like five or six big ai's i don't have this in specifics people who know better bear with me so let's say there's tools i know one time i looked into it and to accomplish an, a thing i wanted to do a smart lyric search so i could call people on their bars and see if i could see if they were like actually used before and that's fucking like take jokes. it verbatim and put it in my app and it would come genius and find me near mm. matches 
uh, it has to have near matches, not just exact. Otherwise, everyone can do exact match. Yeah, for sure. It has for to sure. be close. Yeah, for that sure. Fucking told me like $150,000 a year for that AI. That's how expensive it is right now. But they have this kind of tech. So some companies will leverage this for like chatbot support or Facebook has chatbot and all these things built into it. So they do two things. One, they study the manual language flows. So when you're using these companies shit, they can look at your data. They, they can. Yeah, 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 for sure. And so then they can look at how you write templates. So they have thousands and thousands, if not millions of examples of templates written by actual humans to go off of. Wow, that's dope. Secondarily. And scary too, man. The, they start offering suggestions. Oh my so God, this example, is the beginning of Skynet. In this thing called Zendesk that's out there, there's this tool called AnswerBot. And what AnswerBot does is it goes through your company's knowledge base and based on what's written in the email, suggests three. And as it gets it over time, if you have enough cases, it will get really good at predicting the right number of shits to deflect, let's say, 10% of your cases. And That's it, wild. it worked on me. What time with DistroKid? They used it and it worked on me. They fucking had the right answer in their knowledge base article. And then I just used it. And they got my answer. That's crazy. And I'm like, all of this is being changed. Now imagine what Google's got going on. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. And they've got everybody talking into their phone at all the time. And so they've got a lot of word. They got so much of a database. It's all about the data, man. I do my, like, okay, insert keyword that we don't want to say right now is to my, like, little box that I talk to. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, I guess the Alexa version or whatever. But if I actually say it, my phone will get triggered. Okay. Um, so, like, uh, when I say it to that, I'm like, yo, what's good? Tell me what the weather be at. Mm, and it responds and says it to you? Because you weather. And it, by now, okay. And then, but then the fact that I don't ask follow-up questions, the fact that I'm satisfied with that. Because, yo, when it doesn't yeah, tell you what you, you want, you rephrase your question. So, if it can then have all of us go in and asking in all the possible ways. Wow, that's true. Because sometimes I do ask my, my like, I, I, I click and I and I ask my Google, like, some really off key, like, something super, like, randomly specific. And it's just like, yeah, da 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 da. And then if it doesn't necessarily fully understand, I might have to slightly rephrase it or whatever. And then it like it'll give it to me, you know. It knows that that's what you meant for the other. Phrase. Yeah, that's so, what's <laughs> But yo, you gotta imagine if it's this good, where is it at in three years? So trust it actually knows. Oh, where is it at already? Because you know they always well, have military usage first, like, conspiracy yo, theory. No, I'm just kidding. No, no but on that theory. note, like when you see people complain about how Facebook can't tell context, it's like no, nah, actually it can tell context. You're still in violation of the rules. That's the problem. That's so dope. Okay, we're back to the naughty talks. <laughs> it's just anything people do, right? Like, whatever you do, the AI is that good. Yeah, it's true. It has the context. It knows what's up. I don't remember how we got on here. I thought the show could be like sometimes. But, like, um, with that, it, like, okay, let's go back to you. That's usually what I do, and I forget where the fuck I was going. <laughs> so, like, if you're back at Dawson, this deep in it. <laughs> wow, yeah, for real. Um what like got you into that freestyle culture in dawson tell us a little bit about that man shout out hype man p man basically like there was a there was a friend of mine who who used to beatbox all the time and like um once it was known that i was like a little bit of a rapping guy freestyle whatever like bro i'm telling you this guy hype man p patrick shout out to my brethren um he used to just as soon as he would see me walk up the staircase or be in conrad's or wherever else like he would literally like start beatboxing 
and just be like, yo, let's go bars right now, boom. And he would just, and he was like a really good beatboxer and also very loud. So basically like, yo, he would get me going and then it would just create obviously a little like, you know, circle, whatever's going on. And, or like, we would be like walking down the hallway and he'd be beatboxing and I'd be rapping or we'd be walking through the calf or whatever the case may be. So then in a way it created like an expectation of that to be happening. So then I had to like rap better, you know? And then I started running into people like, I, I well, I hosted an event at Dawson called Street Heat, which was a competition of uh, breakdancing, uh, beatboxing, freestyle rap, etc. And uh, that's where I met Micro Skills. Shout out you to Micro see Skills. How all these people might remember you in a more legendary way. When <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Shout Micro out Micro Skills. skills. Like the one from hip hop karaoke. Yeah, facts. Just... Like, I met him at Street Heat. He actually won the first Street Heat beatbox competition. So he was from Vanier, and he had come down for that, and he won. And uh, basically, that, this is around the time when I first met Logics. And a lot of these Montreal people, I got a bag of Montreal CDs here, but maybe we'll do that for a part two. But like, basically, that's when I met a lot of these people and started even stepping even more up. Because when I first met Logics and certain people, Urban, shout out Urban Logics. Um, He's now Don Lennon. Shout out Don Lennon, it's true. Um, Sovereign Music Movement. Um, Basically, I was like finding a whole new world of dope MCs. A lot of whom, in my own mind, I was like, yo, this guy's incredibly better than me. Like, I really need to, like, step my rapping up. Like, you know what I'm saying? I got, like, put in the dojo. Like, it was basically, like, almost like a... Like, at that time, the Dawson energy and vibe, there was a lot of people who wasn't even from Dawson coming to Dawson all the time to chill and to do this, that, and the other. And it was, like, almost like... It was like a, the like how the Dungeon family growing up in ATL, they were all like making each other better and influencing each other. And it was almost like that kind of a vibe. Like it was like a, like a training ground, so to speak. And it was also like a, in a way it was like a dopamine, serotonin, addictive. Like it was very much like a, like, yo, like I can have mad people just fully like, yo, I'm rapping. All I'm doing is rapping. Why are you guys so impressed? But yet yeah, you are. And that's not to like, sh- like it, it's such a weird conundrum because in my mind, like I see words like math, right? And like, so for me, Spit it's that bad shit, right? Like, so it's very much like it's easy for me to see a word and it's like, oh, I see all these different rhyme patterns that go with it. And then it's just about like, making it make sense in some kind of an order and like people seem to be so captivated by this or by singing that it was like oh shit this is dope like this is one of the few things that i have really like going for me in that kind of a manner you know what i'm saying like i I was never on like uh the basketball team or like you know but like i like all the basketball dudes fucked with me all the shorties fucked with, like everybody was kind of i was i was kind of like a free-for-all i was in all, any and every group i would just i didn't care who i was around so like i know what that's why i always bring back van wilder as an example because like that really was part of my like persona in a way it attributed some to my rapping to my singing and to my growth as an artist and to being like free this is back in like what 2004 this is yeah because i started dawson in 2003 right right 
So like this is 2005, 2006. It's just worth like noting it, right? Because a lot of the people who would effectively go on to do some pretty incredible things in that like 2008 to 12 period all can like be like yo back at basics in the fucking you know, Dawson because they were all like there and it was all of these people like the royal peasants and a lot of these guys like they would have been affiliated back to that like era you can almost trace it guys like meticulous and them know about it like a yeah, lot of facts, people facts. Shout out were, were there it was like there was this hub and you were like a central part of the hub is what i understand of it I mean, um, I'm shit. I don't know if I want to take credit like that to say I'm a central part of any hub. I, I guess I'm just part of like, say I'm man. just there. You know what I'm saying? Like, to to I I said this uh, like being there is not something a lot of people are willing to do. So you got to just think about Word that. Up, right? Okay. Like, if you're always there, it adds to like the collective mass, right? So like it's Word. like if ten people are concurrently streaming your shit, it's more powerful than three people. So you kinda count like a stream. Like a con you know, like I kinda like equate it Facts. to the modern day. <laughs> but like if you're part of that squad of people that created that culture, it would have required a bunch of people to be that role. But you were definitely part of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's dope to even have any kind of like if I can say in the in the entirety of the history of all of hip hop lineage, if I could have like one tiny little stitching in the entire thread, you got stitching. In the like thread. it would be it, that's an incredible feat because of my fanhood of music and well, and I mean, and hip hop in general. Like, you know, undeniable that you were on tv in a hard word way that's dope yeah that's that true literally a historic moment of hip-hop for our part of hip-hop that's true i was on the first show of hip-hop on tv first rap contest tv show in quebec so it's no pretty dope matter what you would think of that moment you've done it respect like there's no like if like i'm not really like jealous of it or negative to me it's incredible that it exists yeah I it's think it wow needs to be given like that much love the 12 or 16 of you of which i know three of you in person before this i've met monkey <laughs> beforehand and i met ruby red rizzle whatever yeah we're not shout out ruby yo, people can i saw that lady spit live at this all girl show and i saw her crush i saw her beak get oh fucked she's up. fire i saw her hold it down live I saw a lot of shit and her like elegance. I seen her branding for a year before Word she up. went to that shit, and she's like been at it for a long ass time. Word up. So like I'm so see three people I would personally interacted with on TV, <laughs> like that was wild to me. Yeah, facts, man. And it's cool to see that you were a part of it with all the buzz and whatnot. And now like we gotta like I wanted to like kind of keep this in like the two hourish mark because yeah. it was a collab episode and I feel you be, like polite and we're running up there so I do want to like bring that to like the now right so we talked a lot all over the place people get a sense of who you are but there is that part where we should make sure to plug some of the shit you're getting up to in the near future yeah true true uh I mean the last song that I put out was on 420 go check it out subscribe to the YouTube just spell basics follow me online it'll be in the description i guess but i just want to get high and what's coming soon is a, a few songs uh, i got a i got some music coming for with bk brooks shout out to bk uh another song with 5p some music videos uh by the time this comes out the two of those should be out so i guess go stream it online 
it's called more and yeah there's going to be a video out etc uh it's very uh it's it, everything was done before covid and uh oh, so just to it, be yeah, cause it's 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 a bunch of traveling and stuff, okay, okay. but it's like <laughs> I know, I know, I know, no, but um, but basically um, yeah, more music coming on the way. Um, a show which will have been already done for hip hop. You don't stop by the time this interview comes out, which is weird because we're before either of those two things happen in the physical world. So like this is like a future, past, present mixed conversation. Right now we're actually time traveling. Like this interview is actually a time travel. Because I'm talking about things that are going to come out soon. Like just for context, By the time the interview should come out, it should be out. August 22nd. It is currently 3.52 p.m. Yes, this is the same day we're going to Girard Park, in case y'all don't know about that. Uh, that's what's happening after this. We're going to the park with a fucking amp to go ramp bootleg style. Shut up, end of the week. Shut up, end of the week. I to keep this on. Yeah, we're all right. Uh, we're almost done in terms of like whatever, but yeah. Oh, let's keep going. Yeah, I'm not done yet. I want to make sure we're <laughs> to our mark. I just wanted to make sure like we plugged your shit. Properly. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, look, uh, there's more music on the way. Please follow me on Spotify and YouTube or wherever you stream stuff. Uh, my music's actually up online right now, and there's more on the way. I've had a few, uh, a few uh, editing issues myself as far as getting some of my songs. I'm like a little bit of a perfectionist, and I feel like I really want. That's kind of like my problem too, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. I feel like in a way, like, uh, like I have like the art anxiety. You know, like I I don't want people to think I'm garbage. Nobody's gonna think you're garbage. So. That's really what it is. So hopefully y'all don't think I'm trash no, still. You know? Scoobity boop boop whoopity whoop whoop like that is one of my favorite Kanye West songs. You're fire. I fucking swear. Cause yo, I scoop scoop diddy whoop. Poop diddy scoop diddy whoop. Go look at it. It's that. Yo, it's fire. The order of the words. Um cause yo, that shit was so fire to me. Like <laughs> It's crazy. It's crazy. That beat is wild. Yo, but then it's that was just like um like he was trying to like do like a lyric placement like you know like this is the skeleton of what the yeah yeah did. yeah and that leaked and it was just fire by itself and it's funny because he used it as a response to ebro or whoever and i was like this is what i think of ebro's opinion scoop scoop did it <laughs> so like in context it's hilarious and then if you just come across it it's just random yeah facts apparently he was low-key shotting drake too because drake was like supposed to get that beat and oh, they had somewhat word. of a falling out, quote unquote. And like Kanye oh, put yeah. that out to be like, yeah, you wanted this beat, eh? Well, here's what I'm going to do on the beat. Now you can never use the beat now. And Drake it's apparently was, was, was annoyed with that. Yeah, you don't, I don't know. I guess if I'm Kanye, I'm okay annoying Drake. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I come on. Like, wait, there's only like you know five I mean? people of that influence in the game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's so true, man. Are you excited for Dunda? Um, I mean. Have you like peeped any of the lines? No, I, I haven't like, I, I, I tend to not necessarily stay up to date with the newest things that are going on, to be honest with you. And also it's not because I don't like Kanye, but I haven't just, I haven't checked for Kanye in quite a many years. Honestly, the last, the, I know it's going to be blasphemous because of the influence of 808s and Heartbreak and because of the influence of my Dark Twisted Fantasy, but the last complete project that i truly enjoyed from kanye was graduation uh fair enough i think graduation you can play from beginning to end 
and it's every single fucking song is a smash bro it's a crazy to me it's kanye's best album i know y'all are gonna say that i'm wild and that i'm terrible for saying this just like i don't like the black eyed peas song but like to be fair there might be something to our age that plays into where kanye was at and how old we were because i remember when that album dropped and for a long time that was my favorite kanye album i feel you maybe that is what it is and there's uh, you know twisted dark fantasy is like special even yeezus is special like these albums are special like they're different yeah for sure see i didn't even remember about yeezus so i didn't even bring it up to say but but like like, yeah even like kids sees ghosts or whatever it's pretty fucking oh okay yeah the the thing with uh with cuddy yeah yeah yeah, for sure bring back the kanye pharrell and lupe group that they never made that's what i was hoping for jesus king was pretty good i didn't i was didn't. it amazing like yeah. i could see why people don't like it but musically it was good yeah i'm i i, I would have loved to see kanye like i was just saying with the loop i don't know if you know the the clr the kanye lupe and uh no. and pharrell they were supposed to make like a group and uh child rebel soldiers crs uh and they have one song but they never I don't know the project never came out or it never materialized but they were supposed to be a group pharrell lupe and kanye i feel like that would have been like crazy 2006, that sounds crazy and in 2000 and like 21 it, it doesn't sound like the same eh? Like it doesn't one, sound the like, same at all they're like three like one of them never aged and is explicitly for the women right now one of them is a billionaire and one of them just destroyed royce to five nine that's hysterical I mean that's where we're at with the 2021 version. Yeah, that's true. But Lupe is one of the I want to interview Lupe so bad. Like he's like one of the most artisty artist artist guys out there. Man, when I was like when Lupe was first coming out with the FNF mixtapes, the first and fifteenth, and like before Food and Liquor dropped, like he was dropping a lot of music mixtapes, and I was like, yo, this guy is crazy. Like I hadn't heard, like he really like he's one of the people that influenced me like the earlier lupe stuff as far as like my rapping and my artistry etc and also specifically someone called blue blu exile blue and exile there's an album called below the heavens oh they did a drink champs nikki fax uh asher roth and blue oh yeah they just made a group i think and they just i just listened to their song rain by knots it's a single that they have anyway it was on the drink champs yeah word up that's dope like the same freshman class yeah yeah exactly exactly below the heavens is one of my favorite all-time albums and it's it's just so bro like honestly like how it starts with and like the whole thing and then like honestly when i when i heard that album i was in a place in my life where i was like questioning whether or not the kind of music or thought process that i wanted to express in music like as far as like you know consciousness and woke and all that shit before it was terms like that was like it wasn't gonna be and it was like no that that's not the game right now that's not how hip that's not what rap is and then I somebody gave me a shout out Lanky shout out my boy Lanky he gave me uh a, like five six burnt CDs and he was like yo check this out there was like a Corey Guns mixtape there was the Asher Roth uh when he first had the mixtape with uh the drama uh Gangsta Grills uh the Greenhouse Effect from Asher Roth and those was Below the Heavens and I heard Below the Heavens and like yo I was like oh my god like because honestly people don't really maybe won't agree with this but like blue is kendrick before kendrick existed yeah, that's a fair statement like the below the heavens album it just if fair. he would have had like a went dre or whatever he would have went in that same like shoes we had to like check in 
get himself facts exactly like, really derailed his career like he for had, real for real but below like, the heavens is just like before his time he was before his time because below the heavens right now would like if he Bro, came out as a new artist and this came out people would be like oh my god we found the next kendrick yeah, he's from he's the west and he and yeah exactly care. yeah anyway, it's a totally different thing man but yeah that's a huge influence on me is the blue and exile below the heavens shout out to my boy 5p because he's kind of like my exile in a way you know word. Yeah. But yo, man, i have to say just for the sake of it i was great to have you here we definitely need to do a part two facts bro know, this was Partly amazing. I'm inspired by the fact that we have activities to literally do after this in real That's life. That's true. Like, you gotta watch the what time is it in real life right four, now? And so I want to be at the place in an hour type thing. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, so, uh, like, we got to wrap it up a bit. Sorry, everyone. I know y'all loving it, but let Basics know that you want to see the part two and we'll set that shit up. We'll do it live. Hit us up. Be involved. Y'all can have your questions. Make it happen. Shout out Hip Hop You Don't Stop. Shout right? out Hip Hop You Don't Stop. Because for real, real, it's cool to be a part of it in any way and to like make this happen and to like be able to air this and, and do this thing because they all have been ndg a lot of the time too so straight up respect ndg and whatnot shout out basics for being basics and all that good stuff shout out all the patrons the supporters all the people watching this in the future on the different platforms make sure to like follow subscribe leave the comments do all that good stuff and yo without further ado everyone well yeah basics and stuff's linked below. <laughs> yeah, yo shout out basics. to you guys for making it this far man and tuning in with us and like uh just you know if you guys really want that part two we're gonna make it we're gonna make it happen regardless so like it is what it is it for the people but shout out to hip hop we don't stop for bringing us together for this uh even though we were gonna come together yeah. at some point anyway but yo shout out to y'all especially Emilio, Max, the, the whole staff fucking live long and prosper everybody mm -hmm.